Mark Edwards confirmed that Flint residents were drinking poison from their taps. He also created the Flint Water Study, an independent research team dedicated to resolving infrastructure issues that affect water supplies. On this episode of Created Equal, my conversation with Virginia Tech water quality expert, Mark Edwards. It was founded on the principle, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. That all men are created equal. In 2004, the Washington Post reported that a change in water treatment chemicals at the Washington, D.C. aqueduct four years earlier had inadvertently triggered the absorption of lead from the district's aging lead service lines and pipes into older homes. Before he played a vital role in the Flint water crisis, our next guest was also a key figure in this story. And he joins us now, Professor Mark Edwards. Let's go back to that time in Washington, D.C. Tell us what happened uh, and what role you played in helping that community grapple with uh, a threat to clean water. It was late 2000, and they made what they thought was an innocent change to water chemistry. They changed from chlorine to chloramine in order to keep the bacteria levels low in the water. And the lead started falling off the pipe. And little did we know at the time, chlorine was keeping lead on the pipe. The science on that was known by a EPA researcher, but really no one else. And so when the chlorine was removed, the lead started to fall off. And D.C. is not a state, and so the EPA has completely responsibility for the water quality problems there. There's no state Department of Environmental Quality, and of course the Army Corps of Engineers treats the water, and so it was a problem owned completely by the federal government. And unfortunately, they covered the problem up rather than telling the public and There were three whistleblowers who tried to alert the public from within the agencies about the dangers of the lead in water in D.C., and this was in the White House. This was in the Congress, and uh, it got covered up until early 2004 when the Washington Post got a hold of the story, and moms figured out on their own that their kids were getting lead poison. This was a water crisis that you have been quoted as saying was about 20 to 30 times larger than Flint. There was more lead poisoning, more exposure of people. I'm not sure people really realize that, that this was a very big deal in in the nation's capital. It was, and unfortunately, the agencies responsible for causing the problem were put in charge of investigating the harm done and the solutions, and frankly, they they lied. They, They covered this problem up completely with falsified scientific reports, and this was very traumatic for me to observe because I believe in science and I believe in, you know, the importance of government agencies, the environmental policemen to protect us, but they were so involved in uh, causing the problem and in the cover-up, they became environmental criminals. And this, this problem, the extent of it, the health harm, wasn't known until a bipartisan congressional hearing in 2010. And by that point, I'd worked on the problem for more than seven years and spent probably 30 hours a week volunteering and spending my own my family's own money to expose this. Fast forward a little to Flint. Uh, what were you able to bring to the conversation about what was happening in Flint that you'd learned in, in Washington, D.C.? Did this make 
what you saw in Flint easier to get your mind around? Did it make solutions to the problem more evident to you? Yeah, I think so. The the most important thing was I learned you can't reason with unreasonable people, even if they are in roles of government science agencies such as EPA Reason, Region 5 or Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, and that if they've gone unscientific and if they've, you know, been involved in causing a problem, they're not good people to have on the job to admit there is a problem or expose the extent of harm done. So, we didn't waste any time trying to reason with unreasonable people. We set up a web page to kind of fight this asymmetrical science war because what do you do when environmental policemen become the environmental criminal? We haven't figured out what to do with policing in communities when policemen are criminals other than body cameras and, you know, other things. So it's a, it's a very difficult problem to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the accountability question um, is is the one that I think ties these two crises together in a way that uh, that uh, that others don't. What did DDC do to resolve the lead in the pipes, and what happened to the people who were responsible uh, for what happened there? Um, we, we've seen that play out very specifically here in Flint in ways that have left a lot of people wanting more. Is is that same process what happened in D.C.? No, D.C. was much worse. There were thousands of kids lead poisoned. There was increased rates of fetal death. There were higher rates of miscarriages. And because they were so effective in covering the problem up completely, realized for six years the official U.S. government opinion was that there was no harm done, remarkably. And by the time people realized harm was done in our paper in 2009 and the congressional hearing in 2010, statutes of limitations had run out. Ultimately, only five children got any kind of financial compensation for what occurred. The rest of the city, for their exposure, got not one penny, not an apology, nothing. Uh, The people who caused this problem were actually promoted and rewarded for what they did. And in fact, they are partly responsible for what happened in Flint. And the brave whistleblowers who laid down their professional lives to tell the public about the problem were were fired. And no one ever thanked them. So that didn't that isn't how it played out in Flint. You know, the the whistleblower at EPA Miguel Del Toro was closeted, was silenced, but he was ultimately put in charge of the EPA response. Susan Hedman resigned at EPA Region 5, and at least there were people charged for what happened. That did not happen in D.C. Uh, Whether we're going to get justice in Flint, that's, I guess, in the eye of the beholder. The people most responsible for this at MDQ plea bargain to misdemeanors that will go off their record in a matter of like a year. And so that's very controversial. And at the time, I think people were hoping the special prosecutor knew what they were doing, but I'm doubtful that was the case. As newsrooms across the country close their doors, independent and unbiased journalism is more crucial than ever. We rely on you just like you rely on us. This spring fundraiser, join us in protecting public media. Your support keeps us thriving. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap donate in our mobile app. Hmm. Mark, what led you uh, to conduct the Flint water study? Was it what happened 
in Washington, D.C.? It was. I had been working with Miguel Del Toro, the whistleblower within EPA Region 5, who was collaborating with Leon Walters, who had the two um, twins, and one of them had elevated blood lead. And they had figured all this out on their own, and this was early in 2015. And I was trying to work behind the scenes with Miguel to let the system work, to let EPA be the hero here and do their job. And unfortunately, that didn't pan out because he was retaliated against after he wrote his memo, alerting the world to the fact that Flint had no corrosion control. So at that point, we knew we were in a science war, and we launched the Flint Water Study. It was August uh, 2015. By that point, I'd been working with Leanne and Miguel for about four months. And yeah, we we put our Freedom of Information Act requests in with Kurt Guyette, and uh, we knew that time was of the essence. And that, you know, the, the scary thing was we were just proving the obvious, and that is if you don't follow federal law, as Miguel pointed out, you're going to have high lead in water and lead poison kids. And so, yeah, we worked with the residents to sample the city and prove what should have been obvious to, to anybody. Mm. Lead and water was high. Kids were getting hurt. So tell me about your initial reactions to what you were learning. I'm always really curious about how people uh, reacted when they saw that there was, there was something wrong with the, the, with the water in Flint. Well, yeah, given the experiences in D.C. and my anger that no one was held accountable in 2010, I'd been touring the country telling people that another Washington, D.C. was inevitable. So we were fully expecting a Flint to occur. It was just a matter of when and where. And so when it occurred, I, I wasn't surprised. We had a plan in place, and we tried to work within the system to, again, let EPA do their job and MDQ do their job. And once that failed, it was, you know, we wasted no time to to launch our science war, if you will. Yeah. Uh, in fact, on page 132 of Dr. Monet Hanna book, she says, in case there was any doubt about the urgency of the city's water situation, the headline of Edwards' report was bold and in all cop caps. If it were spoken, it would have been yelling, Flint has a very serious lead in water problem. So, I mean, it was immediately evident to you that... It was, and that was our first data. And, you know, I often say without data, you're just another person with an opinion. And so that's why we had to get that water data to prove that the claims that the water was just fine, that the state was making, were scientifically false. Mm. And, and this gets to your assertion that this is a problem that can crop up anywhere. I mean, you have all of these aging infrastructures uh, that, that require, if you're going to keep using them, extra measures. And you don't always have people in place who, who understand that you've got to do that. Indeed. And one example is Portland, Oregon, who has broken the law openly for the last 15 years and has had led above the action level and people have complained and, and no one seems to do anything about it. And so that's a good example. And I think one of the reasons that, you know, people people don't care as much is because it's an affluent city. And uh, if they want to go and poison themselves, it's, you know, kind of up to them. But EPA has look, been looking the other way on that one for 15 years. 
Mark Edwards, a Virginia Tech professor who conducted the lead levels test of the water in Flint. It was really great to have you here with us. Mark Edwards is the civil engineer and distinguished professor at Virginia Tech who conducted the research that confirmed lead was poisoning Flint's water. On the next episode of Created Equal, the mother of three who became one of the most outspoken activists in Flint during and after the water crisis. January of 2015, I was actually going through my third round of antibiotics for an upper respiratory infection that wouldn't go away. Got the letter in the mail that said, Dear resident, for the past nine months, your water has been contaminated with cancer-causing byproduct called total trihalomethanes. I called my doctor and he said, I have no idea what that is. And, you know, come in, let's do some tests. And that's when they started noticing the autoimmune stuff. And, you know, I started having the tremors, seizures, all these things started happening. Created Equal is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Our executive producer is Joan Cherry Isabella. Our producers are Elena Fruget, Jake Neer, and Anna Marie Seisling. Our sound engineers are Matt Trevethan, Rowan Niamisto, and Rasan Cherry. Senior editor and musical composer is Sam Bobian. Our digital and social media team is Maida Stangi, Shiraz Ahmed, and Tony Brown. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson.